harsh period of time when the children of Israel were being taken by the Egyptians and being pushed and shoved in between the bricks in the building. They were being mixed with the cement, being killed, little children by the Egyptians. And uh, Moshe was questioning, how can it be such a cruelty? How can the maker do such thing? And um, he saw one of those children that was shoved into the wall and he was moving, he was still alive. And Moshe, the kind and noble person, pulled him out and took him and um, thought to himself that he saved that uh, child's life. And um, that child's name was Micha. Now, Micha grew up to become a very powerful magician with like dark forces, black magic. And he was the one that stole many of the black magic that was used in Egypt and took it with him. And he, he threw a certain coin with the shape of a calf of an idol into the fire when the people of Israel gave um, gold before the sin of the golden calf. And when he threw his coin into the bowl with the gold, so then that live calf made out of gold jumped out of the fire. So that baby that Moshe spared his life is the reason why we're suffering until today unfalls and consequences that took place since that time of the wild dancing around the golden calf and all the people who kissed and loved the calf were all killed and all that generation died in the desert and the people of Israel suffered for 40 years and many, many other exiled um, took place because of that, um, because of mistake of Moshe, because that Moshe thought to himself that he knows better. He saw the cry of a child. He saw a baby stuck in between the rocks. Like, oh man, how can I leave that baby? Poor child, innocent child. Nistaroten Elohim. God works in mysterious ways. They are mysterious. And if you think that you know better, there are great surprises that are waiting for you in the future, for you to be re-educated on all your mistakes, to realize that you were wrong and Hashem was right. And everything is coming to an end. All the world is spinning, 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 spinning and coming to an end. 
and the end is near. The end is very close, and we can already see that in so many ways that the maker of the universe is closing many, many circles and completing many, many things. You can see that by the severe and radical changes and movements and difficulties. facing 50 years ago things that would take people to to be hospitalized in mental um institutes are things that every teenager going through today 50 years ago people would jump from the roofs from the troubles that we are solving in our mornings things that we're dealing in the afternoons oh man they wouldn't be able to handle in in million lifetimes things that we are dealing with humiliations downfalls lackings pains disappointments deep lessons deep realizations about humility accepting and embracing our reality in deep levels of ours today are reflecting and showing such great power of our being and the fact that we are finishing and completing lifetimes of generations. We are dealing with things that none of our ancestors would deal with. They fought crazy wars, did amazing things. They were battling amazing confrontations. They were doing amazing things in their lifetimes. But to be, to face such humbling situations as ours, they would not take, they would not do. Even our greatest ancestors would not go in that path that we are humbly people would cut to the right cut to the left change their life course and would not continue in that humble way that we are we are the tip the sharp edge of the of the spear of all generations we are reaching the thinnest cracks we are fixing and completing things in depths in such gentle and fragile situations and locations, we're going into the depths of our, of our mentality, of our spirit, of our nefesh, our souls. We are accepting rebukes and we're facing them. We're embracing our humility. We are accepting our lackings and we're doing tshuva. We're atoning on our sins. We're accepting our weaknesses and our defaults all the time. All the time. Every day of ours is full like hundreds, tens or hundreds of years of other people. And if you think that I'm exaggerating, first of all, all my words are established on Kitve Arizal in Shara Gilgulim and in other books of 
Gure Ari and in the scripts of Rabbi Chaim Vital and as well on other books that are explaining about the corrections of the last generations. Every generation is coming to fix a certain layer, a certain floor. <clears throat> and like, <clears throat> and like that the builder is choosing the rocks that he will fix and set for the building floor, and he's choosing one that he will use, the true builders, that they are the true ones of each generation and generation, the main righteous people, the leaders of the generation, they are carving and bringing the stones to their right shapes to put them into the walls of the building of that floor that they are in charge of. So Moshe Rabbein was the first one generation. He was the righteous man of his generation. And he set the blocks into the wall. He built the first temple, the first Mishkan. He built it. He put the souls the verse is saying, Those are the rolling stones that the band rolling stones took that from a verse, took that name from the verse. Stones that are being thrown in the streets, in the alleys. And those are in the secrets of the souls that fell down. The righteous man that he is the builder is collecting those rolling stones and building them back, putting them back into their place and building the Mishkan, the house of Hashem. And the builder is appointed on shaping and fixing the shape of each stone for it to fit to the wall, to the structure of the building of that floor that he is appointed on. So when he is finding a rock, that is very nice and friendly and soft and humble, so he can easily shape it and put it into the wall. And he's correcting that soul. But some of those rocks, some of those souls are very stubborn. They have hard angles. They're very rough. They have difficulties. It's a challenge for the righteous man to work on them, to break them, to shape them into the wall. So he's putting the problematic ones by his side, and doing the massive work of putting the real easy ones into the wall. And in the end, when his generation is about to finish, he is dealing with those ones. Once in a while, he's finding a certain place, an empty spot for one of them. And he's really fast working on it, shaping it, redesigning it, breaking it to half, separating whatever, shaving it, putting it into the wall. But there are ones that he's not able to deal with. And those rocks, they become roadblocks. They become a problem. They are weight on his shoulder. So what is he doing when he's completing his floor? He's leaving a pile of stones on the side for the next righteous man to come. And maybe he will have a greater ability to find a solution for those stones, for those problematic ones. And we are those ones that been left from one generation to the next, to the third, to the fourth, to the fifth, till only Mashiach will be able to correct us. We are so bent 
and so twisted and so stubborn and so sensitive, so fragile, can't deal, can't smell. Oh no, you the tomato touched the rice. I cannot eat the rice anymore. No, some drops of liquid touch my bread. I can't touch the bread anymore. Like those are our kids, those are our souls. That's who we are. We are facing situations. No, the like. 200 years ago, there was no air condition, no toilet paper, bathrooms, no showers, no sneakers, nothing, no socks, nothing. People were fabrics. Like people didn't have nothing. People would tie their waist with, with ropes. Like people had ropes. People were making ropes when they needed a rope. Like there, there was no ropes. There, there were no sh like stores like today you need like your 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 shoe sole needs to have like air bubbles for you to be able to walk on it like it's crazy but that, that is the level of our sensitivity of how like don't touch me like i can't someone sneezed in the room like people are going out of the room like they can't breathe anymore like open five windows like i'm out like i can't and that is our level of sensitivity you can call it crazy whatever you want but like in reality if you're gonna judge the person is not able to with those issues now why why that the person will be so problematic? Is he happy to suffer so much that he cannot get into close places, that he's not able to go on the subway, on the train, no elevators? I have family members who will climb 30 floors and won't get in the elevator. Like 10 floors is not a question. They won't get into the elevator. Like why? What's going on? What's Can't. And they never were never stuck in an elevator. They never fell from an elevator. Like nothing happened to them. Just like, no, closed places. Uh-uh. Like, why? That the soul remembers the million lifetimes that you experienced before. And all the trauma you carry. And all the things that your ancestors were not able to fix were left for the last generation. Now, you are a descendant of some hundreds or thousands of people, and they all fixed a lot. They all uplift tons of sparks in their great lifetimes, in their noble lifetimes. They fixed their characters. They became humble. They dealt with this. They dealt with that. They were heroes. They fought. They fought poverty. They suffered from hunger. They've been saved from plagues. They were fighting nations. They were doing amazing things. They survived. They've been to the camps, whatever. Like all the amazing, fantastic Stories, remember that they made it, but there were some difficulties, some issues in their personal lives that they never dealt with, that they rejected, that they denied, that they did not accept to take responsibility on and to fix. And they rejected those lessons. They rejected those classes. 
Like it could be an amazing father, it could be a wonderful mother, but there was a certain point in their relationship that was not solved, that they never spoke about, that every time that she was bringing it up, he was like, we're not talking about that. No matter what, how close they were, how they saved their children, how they raised them in great, amazing life challenges, they crossed the, the mountains of darkness and, and the sea of despair. They made, achieved great things, but there were some points that they never dealt with. Those are the parts that passed on as a mission, as a life mission to the next generation. Now, all the crap of all the earlier generations, all of it was given to us to deal with. Like all the end of things, like all the waste of waste, like all the, the edges, all the unsolved angles, all the problems, all the issues, all the like, no way in the world that I'm dealing with that. So you have only that for a lifetime. Every morning can't wake up. Every bathroom cannot clean yourself. Every time you go to the sink, it's full of dishes. Every time you need to learn, you can't focus. Every time you want to talk to someone, there is a difficulty and an embarrassment in that conversation. Every time you go to work, there are challenges. Every time you try to make money, it doesn't happen. Like every single time you try to function, function, like not asking much, pay the bill. We're going to transfer you to some other person. We're going to wire this to you. Okay, we're sent back. Like, you want to do a simple thing. 5,000 out, like, you need to continue that in, like, a, a chain work of, 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 of hundreds and thousands. of so like, you want to buy something. You want to you finish something. You can't. You won't. No, you're going to have to reply to this email and you're going to have to contact the seller, have to make a new reservation and you're going to have to wire the money and you're going to have to wait three days until it will clear. And then you're going to have to resend the email. And if you haven't mentioned the problem, you're going to have to find the serial number of the product of the order. Like I wanted a cup. Like I just wanted that cup. No, not for you. Why? Because for you, it's not a cup. Maybe you think that it's a cup, but those are the problems of 5,000 people that gave up on the cup and they would say, screw it, I'm gonna drink from the faucet. And they went and drank outside from the pond, from the lake, like they were, drinking from the puddles they did not use a cup they said screw the cup i'm not using a cup they broke the cup in the living room said to the wife i'm not drinking any more coffee in this house and they left and they left the broken cup of coffee for you to fix because they were not strong enough to complete it. They were heroes. They were amazing. They were perfect. They were fantastic. But humbly and honestly, we're going to admit 
that they left piles of crap behind them that we need to deal with. And there is no escape from that because that is the way. That's what Hashem wants us to do. Like that, those are the roadblocks that are your life road. That is your path. That, there, is, there, there is no other life but that. That's where you need to walk. And you think to yourself, no, I'm not married. It's not that you are not married. It's that you are not getting married 30 times in this lifetime. It's not that you are not married. It's that 30 times in different lifetimes, you rejected weddings. Your ancestors, your soul, rejected relationships from this reason, from that reason, because it was justified in that and was the right thing to do in that way. But you embarrassed one person and you insulted another and you rejected one because of his look or her look and on and from financial reasons and on. All those loads of pain and sorrow and trauma must meet up again must get balanced again. And if it's not you, so it's going to be your child. No problem. If you're going to avoid it, there is a way to pass it on to the next generation, unless we are the last generation. But if we're not the last generation, you can put all the crap on your child. No problem. He will deal with it if he will want it or if he won't. But if you're going to take it upon yourself, so... It's not fun. That's A. B, you're going to be a big, big hero, way greater than you can imagine or appreciate yourself for being. Because from your humble point of view, you're full of crap. Your life stinks. Like it's the junkiest life ever. Like you can't learn. You can't make money. You're not happy. You're not growing in any way. You're just stuck. You're doing the same mundane things every day over and over and over and over. You're being humiliated and destroyed for nothing all the time. You're meeting your lackings in the highest volume ever. It likes, it breaks your ears to hear how lousy you are, but you're not. Because in reality, a lousy person would walk away from those challenges. But you, every day, stucking more nails to the ground and centering yourself, stabilizing yourself to focus more and more on how to fix yourself, how to take better and deeper responsibility and how to complete it, and how to deal with it, even though that it's the worst feeling ever, and you're humbling yourself on a daily basis, and by that you are doing the greatest favor to your ancestors, and you are fixing them from the shame of not completing, and all their hope is on you. And do you feel that you're so weak and can't function and they were learning and they were flying and they were rising and they were blooming and they were traveling and me, I'm a prisoner in my own brain. Like, uh, 
cannot even go out of my own head. I can't even think out of my own self. But you are the hero that is fixing million problems an hour. And you think that you are like, oh man, my mind is so troubled. Why all those thoughts are attacking me? Why am I so OCD, like obsessed with my thoughts? And again, it's attacking and again, it's attacking. It never attacks twice. It's not really the same problem. Maybe you're not sensitive enough to recognize the difference between the first time you thought about that question and the second or the third or the fourth. But the truth is that every time that you solved it, you solved it. But the fact that it came again does not mean that you haven't solved the first one. It's the next level. In all the computer games, in all the Game Boys and all those stuff, the levels from one to the next is almost, there are small differences that makes the level different. First level, second level, third, fourth, seven, 26, different levels, different backgrounds, same things. You're that soldier, you're that ninja, you need to cross the room from this side to the other, you need to find the treasures, you need to fight the enemies, you need to jump and carry stuff like, okay, it's the same, practically the same thing. And you are appointed on thousands, on thousands of lifetimes that are all chained to you. And you are the first one to lead for the completion and perfection and correction and salvation of your branch in the tree of life of the family of Israel. You don't have a clue of your greatness. You don't have any idea of your level. You don't have the, 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 the tip of the iceberg of understanding. You don't see from far a spark of the holiness that you carry just by being that, like, think about who is not you. Of course, not you, right? Yeah, not us. Who is the greatest hero, if not that one that will take upon himself to do the job that no one else would ever do? Who is it? Now it's written that the souls, they never come down to this world without accepting on themselves the mission that they will go through in this lifetime. Hashem does not punish a soul. No, you're going to go and do this. No, you're going to go and do Never. There is a long conversation in heaven before you come down to this world. They're explaining the soul in details and details of details, exactly what she will go through in this lifetime. The mission, the challenges, the risks, the consequences, the difficulties, the, the, the mess, the chaos. And when she says yes, she's falling to a place of complete forgetfulness and she doesn't know anything about that conversation anymore and she's born into this lifetime as a useless weak hopeless baby that is screaming his lungs out can't move can't walk can't crawl can't eat can't drink barely able to breathe on his own 
can't function, just feels emptiness with no end, like the worst of all could, that could happen to just take place, been cut from the tree of life, do not connect in any way to infinity and to goodness, separated, hopeless, weak, and, and, and done. And from that lowest level of them all, you need to grow. And the world is full of and challenges and difficulties. And the builder put all the stones into the new floors and they set the first floor and second floor and third floor. And the building is like almost complete. The last stone that the builder built and put is the head of the entrance door to the building. In Hebrew, it's called Even Harosha. Even Masuha Haitale Rosh Pina. This that was that all the builders, despite that they threw it, that they were discussed from that stone. In the end, you take that triangle stone that does not fit to no building, and they take that stone and they put it on the head of, of the building. Like that's gonna be the marking stone, the flag of the building on top in the head of the first main gate of the door to that place, to that exact place of the door, and it will be the sign of the building. Everyone that will see that shiny stone, they will say, oh, here's the place, that's the place. <coughs> the most fragile, thinnest branches on the peak of the tree are the ones to be recognized by the people who are walking and looking and searching for the for for shade looking for the tree looking for a water source they will see the peak of the trees and on the peak of the tree that the name tree is being called by those branches are for those tiniest most fragile branches of the whole tree those fragile ones are us. We're the ones who are reflecting Judaism, Torah, powers, energy. The verse is saying that Hashem gives power to the tired ones, le'en onim, to the hopeless one, he will increase the power, like in Hebrew, otzma is not just power, it's like, I don't know, enormous power. Does someone can help me with the meaning of the word? Like how you say otzma in Hebrew? Um, in awesome, maybe. Great. Awesome. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Greatest power, like to the, to the hopeless one, to the one that is completely hopeless. Hashem does not give him just strength. He gives him ultimate power to the hopeless one, to the one that is in despair. To him, he gives ultimate power. That's what that goes on with us. 
you are the weakest one of them all. You're so broken. You can't like open a book, like can't open a book. Like, no, God, man, look, open a book. Well, open the book, like see, five minutes, can't. Open the book, open the book. What's the problem? Two minutes, read two lines, can't, can't. No. Can you explain how can it be that you can't read two lines? There is no explanation for that. There is no explanation. But the truth is that you don't have the ability to deal with reading two lines from a book. How come? What happened to you? <laughs> you want me to tell you the story? I'm not telling it to myself. Like, honestly, I'm not dealing with it. Like, you want me to tell you? I'm going to cry my eyes out if I'm going to start telling you why I can't open a book. They want me to tell you why I can't open a book. But the fact that in the end, you are carrying that book with you. You're not opening it, but you're still carrying it. You're moving an apartment and you carry your books box with you. And you are putting it knowing that you like 99% won't open it again. No, but like the bookcase, of course, yes. In every house, in every apartment, your bookcase, you're not opening, not touching the books. Why? <laughs> it's a long story. The fact that you are carrying those books with you is the sign and the symbol of your greatness, of your power, of the legacy and the great, great inherit that you've been blessed with by your ancestors, that you are the flag of Judaism, that you're the light of this generation, that you are the power of creation, that you are shining the light of the maker by refusing to surrender to your laziness and to despair and to sadness. And you're not giving up. And even if you fell 100 times, you're going to stand up 101. And you're going to stand up back again. And over and over and over and over again. And you're going to admit your mistakes. And you're going to humbly accept your weaknesses and your downfalls. And you're going to express yourself. And you're going to write a vlog. And you're going to record a, 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 a blog and, and a, a vlog and a blog. Excuse me for my, my mistake. And you're going to post your, your words on, on Instagram and you're going to make a TikTok and you're going to try to share your heart with some people and you're going to upload your thoughts on, on some meme on Facebook, on, on YouTube. You're going to try to talk out to people. You're going to try to break your, your, your heart out somehow and to speak the truth and to be honest about it and to admit and to confess and to say, I'm sorry. Even Justin Bieber asked if it's too late to say sorry. Like everyone in our generation are doing that. Everyone are trying. And it's a hell of a mess. It's a mess. It's a big mess outside. And people are falling from the highest windows. People are broken. People are, are crushed. People are toast and burnt to ashes. And still from the ashes, they're rising. And not for no reason, today is the Memorial Day of the Holocaust. For us to remember those great heroes that from real ashes, they crawled out of the stoves, out of the ovens. They came out of real fire. Like that 
is reality. People crawled out from mountains of bodies, from valleys of death, literally. And they built enormous families. They grew up amazing family trees. They replanted themselves in Europe, in the US, in Israel. They built amazing things. People that looked like shadows of human beings, like ashes. People that looked like skeletons when they, the, the, when, when, when the, the camps were freed. And we, we're exactly like them and maybe even more. Because they, one hour before the Holocaust, they had simple life. They had simple lives. Their lives were simple. Compared to our lives, their lives were simple. One hour before, I'm not talking about the massacre. I'm not talking about the hardest hours that can be imagined or maybe not even imagined. I'm talking about the lifestyle of 100 years ago. It was simple. You could hear birds in the streets. You could smell the air. You could pick flowers. You could walk in the gardens. You could go out of the city. There was a village. Today, there is industrial smells and nothing but that. Like there is noise. You need to put quiet music to, to connect yourself to your soul. Like you cannot hear yourself. There is such high level of toxic noise inside the brain of people, chemicals and smoke and odors and noise and political nonsense and horrible speeches and heresy and stupidity in such high volumes that the person is losing his mind for nothing, just like trying to make a cup of coffee and like can't handle the coffee. Like, should I drink coffee or tea or green tea? Screw it, I'm not drinking that tea. Like you break the cup, tomorrow you're gonna face that cup of coffee that your great grandfather left you from 1500 years ago already. Same cup that you're struggling with on daily basis. Should I drink coffee? Shouldn't I drink coffee? But it's good for me, but it's not good for me. It's healthy, no, it's not healthy, but it helps me, it's not helping. No, it's ruining, no, it's supporting, no. It's like, I need to listen to myself. Hey, you're talking about a cup of coffee. It's a nightmare. A cup of coffee is a nightmare. The teaspoon. Oh, no, it's not the teaspoon I wanted. No, I'm, where, where is the damn teaspoons? Like, what's going on here? Like, where did I left my, my glasses? Like, and they're on your forehead and you're looking for your damn glasses. 20 minutes and like they're on your head. People are looking for the phones with the, with the, with the light, with the phone light of their phone. Like they're searching for their phone with their light, with their phone. That's reality. We're so confused. We're so lost. We're in such thick darkness. The exile 
hurt us and made us so scared and so terrified and so lost and so confused that in our reality to survive the downfalls and the difficulties and the challenges that we are surviving is the most heroic and powerful and inspiring act that can be achieved in this generation. And all those fakers who will show you on Instagram the turkey's water of the swamps of despair of their lifetimes, you see the through Instagram filters and without Instagram filters videos. You can see there is no beautiful beaches anymore. There are no clean forests anymore. There are no free places from crowds there are 8 billion people that are all terrified chasing their own tails running in the streets like a mob like crazy riots and demonstrations in every country there are arguments about the governments in every city in every town in every hierarchy there are no justice in no courts, you cannot find justice. There is no support system. There is no health system. It's all a lie. No one cares. No one helps. Everyone wants your money. Everyone wants your support. Everyone wants to take your energy and to suck your life out of your brain. They want to manipulate you to be part of their system and the systems are fighting with each other and everyone are trying to take as much as they can because everyone feels that soon they're going to fall and they're trying to take and compensate as much as they can before their great fall. And the war is on the souls. If the evil inclination will take them, he'll try to fall on them for him not to be hurt or that Hashem will be the one to take those souls and to save them. And you should join the army of King David that are fighting and joining those humble ones. King David, when he was rejected from his kingship and he found himself alone in the desert, he collected and gathered 400 hurt people, broken people, refugees. That is the army of King David. You want to join King David? Okay, you are one of the refugees. As a refugee, you can join the army of King David. If you're healthy and wealthy and charming and nice and quiet and relaxed and done, you're a phony. You're not exist. You're not in reality. How can you go to sleep when there are homeless people? How can you be like satisfied and, and full when there are hungry people in the world? If you feel satisfied and relaxed and everything is good and cool and, and great, you are disconnected. You're not in touch with reality. That's why it's okay for you because you're under some kind of, 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 of drug use. Something makes you feel like everything's okay when the world is collapsing big time. So if you are part of the pain, if you are part of the suffering, if you are part of this roller coaster that is going down and crashing, so you're, you're okay. So like you're in reality. And now when you're in that reality, if you invest your power into saving your family cell, 
and your neighborhood and your community and your friends and your, your people on social media or whatever, then you are one of King David's army of soldiers, of amazing warriors, of justice, of truth, of love. You're shining that light out to the world. You're amazing. You're doing good. Like you're fantastic. If you're investing the short amounts of energy and power that you have to uplift awareness, to wake up people, to rise awareness, to rise people's mood, to make another person smile, to give charity to another person, to support another friend, to say a nice word to your spouse, to cheer up your child, to cheer up yourself, to say, you know what? Maybe today I'm going to open the book. I'm going to take it with me to the bus. You're not going to open it in the bus. It's clear. It's okay. You're not going to open it in lunch. You're not going to open it on your way back home. It's okay. But you are still carrying that book with you. You are carrying the salvation. That book, when you take it to the bus, you think, oh, I didn't read in the bus. This book is working for you without you understanding what it does that book is full of diamonds that book is full of treasures with no end when you are holding that book when you're holding that book just like that and you go on the train that book is dropping pearls and rubies and diamonds and gold chips all over the train without you saying a word without you Kissing it without you see it's your backpack. You just hold it's with you. It shines. Its aura is illuminating the subways. It's illuminating the world. It's opening access for people to reconnect themselves to Hashem, to the maker, to the light, to goodness, to hope, to the future. Without you knowing, you sat on that bench and someone else came and sat by you. And suddenly he had an illuminating thought. Suddenly he said to himself, you know what, I'm going to give it another chance. He decided to take a positive change decision in his life. It was because you carried that book that affected him in a positive way. You don't know that. He don't know that. God works in mysterious ways. <clears throat> and if you wouldn't take that book, you wouldn't be so powerful. But because that you chose to try and to want and to hope and to insist again and again and again, you are opening gates for thousands on thousands of people around the world. When you open the door, you live in Vancouver, Canada. You open the door now and you're going to say, Shalom, hello, how are you? You're smiling. I promise you. In that moment, million doors around the world in Hungary, in Belgium, in Germany, in Russia, in Spain, in Italy, in Eretz Israel, in 20 states in the US, million doors has been opened now by a person that has a certain similarity to you. He is a man. She is a woman. They are in their 30s. She's a single mother. Something similar to you and as you took power to 
Be positive when you open the door and enter the room and said, Shalom, hello, how are you? And you took upon yourself to be nice. One million doors, listen to me, as a chain of outcomes to your positive act, just been opened right after you, one second after you, and the similar person to you in a spiritual similarity to you, with a spiritual connection to you, he received the power from you and he opened his door that is similar to your door and he welcomed his family like you did to yours. And the outcomes will be yours. Means the reward for the great outcomes of his Shalom Aleichem will be in your pocket. And you don't know that, and he don't know that, but Hashem knows that. And who are those people? One day you will find out. One day you're going to realize the connections. When Hashem will open our eyes, when Hashem will expand our minds, when Hashem will wake us up to understand who we are, because you are the great-great-great-grandchild of hundreds of people, and all those people, they have siblings, and all their siblings has siblings, and all their siblings has children and grandchildren, and the branches of connections are the widest net ever. And you have 5,000 people that are standing in the same circle as you from the central point of creation, from Adam and Eve, billions of people has been spread. Now you're standing here. And there is a great circle of 5,000 or 5 million or 500 million people that are attached to you in ties that will never separate. You are one with them in business, in relationships, in attributes, in topics, in ideas, in visions, in hopes, in matters, in reasons, in struggles, in pains. You're like them. It's a Chinese woman, you don't have no connect, you don't understand, you don't see the connection, but she and you are walking on the same crazy path in life. It's like, man, if you would see the connection, you would freak out, you would lose your mind, you would be terrified. It's synchronized in perfection. <clears throat> there are millions of people that are doing what that you do while you do what you do. They do the same as an outcome to your connection to the maker. Because in the structure of the tree of life, they are the outer branches from your position. You are positioned in a higher level to them. There are others that are higher than you as well. No problem. You are not Avraham. You're not the head of the believers, but you are a branch. And that branch has a head and has a toe. And when you're moving, you're shaking the massive amounts of, of intersections of millions of People who depend on you, like think about the tree with millions and millions of leaves and fruits, and you're moving like massive amounts of souls when you go up and when you go down. So be careful when you go down, because when you're going down, you're going down here, but they here in the edge, man, they meet the ground. They're crashing. 
they're being addicted to heroin, they take needles, they take pills, they drink bottles of vodka, they are jumping from their porches, they're flying, they're dead, they're consuming LSD, you took a shot of whiskey, they, they went to the bar, they went all the way, they are in the lowest slums of Hungary. They are in Poland. They are in Africa. They are in some places. They don't see the light. They, 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 they smell gasoline for, for their ecstasy, for, for, for their illuminations, for their, for their to be stoned. Like they, they look for super glue to smell for like they're dead. They're gone. When you have your downs and you're struggling, you're a branch. You need to be strong and you are, and you are. So uplift yourself, rise yourself, rise yourself, rise yourself. Let your soul shine. Remove all the filth, clean yourself, clean yourself. Go to the mikveh. Go to the sea, you don't have a mikveh. Go to the sea, go to the pond, go to the rivers, go to a humble place, to a modest place. Go into the water, bring yourself under the water, purify yourself, light candles. And be proud of yourself that you dealt with your life issues and don't... Minimize them. Don't downgrade them. Appreciate them. Appreciate yourself. Not many people would choose the path you chose. Not many people would dare to walk in that crows to confront your fears. Not many people would do that. Not so many people. Look around you. Look at your friends. Look at your family. Why aren't your family on board with you on the same life mission? Didn't you try to explain to them so many millions of times already that there is a purpose to this messed up lifetime? Why aren't they listening to you? Where are all your best buddies from college, from school? Where are they? Why are they not tuned to your life purpose and mission? Why? Because you. You are a hero and you're the tip of the spear. You are the sharpest edge of that sword in the hand of King David. And he's harvesting the enemies with you. He's cutting the thrones. He's cutting the thorns. He's throwing the evil to the sides. He's chopping heads of villains with you. By you standing against a villain and you're not surrendering to him. By people calling you to join them to their filthy games and you're refusing. And you're denying your connection to that filth, to that scum, to those disgusting things. And you're rejecting it and you say, no, I'm not belong to the filth. I'm not belong to the scum. I'm not belong to the dirt. I'm not belong to evil. No, I'm good. I'm going to be good. But my actions are not showing that but my soul is, but I don't want to be here and I don't want to be there and you're struggling and you're hoping and you're wanting and you're desiring, that struggling is the work of sifting and you better 
or Shabbat with that, you're cleaning, you're purifying, you're uplifting, you're rising sparks. With that stupid poor cup of coffee in the morning, should I, shouldn't I? With sugar, with no sugar, maybe with honey, no honey. Today I will try with whatever, seaweeds. Craziness. Where seaweeds came into our recipe? Like what happened to the world? Sparks that needs to be uplifted. Corrections that needs to be made. We had some great grandparents that had some stories with seaweeds. I don't know what. Somehow seaweeds been thrown in our lives. A chan once took it out of the water and started eating it. Today, Hashem works in mysterious ways. We don't know what, we don't know how, we don't know when. We definitely know when we do good and we definitely know when we give up on goodness so for that the person needs to use his own compass and to listen to the voice of his inner intuition the voice of his soul super 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 tuned and aware to the inner voice to do good and not to give good questions okay questions sunday questions i'm ready no i was waiting for questions on sunday we have a q hey guys you need to question and i need to answer come on Nice. Thank you for David, the soldier of King David. Please, David. Yes, David. <laughs> Shalom, Rav. Good to see you. Shalom, Thank you. Shalom, Good everyone. You Good to see everyone in the uh, Amuna group. Um, hope Passover was amazing. Um, oh, Hashem. I have a question from, first of all, incredible class. Thank you. Thank you. I have so I have two questions. One that I prepared and one from the class. What do you what do you prefer I go with first? The first one. Okay. So uh I took your advice that you said to mention Moshe Rabbeinu at the Seder. And I told a story about well essentially the story of when he broke the tablets he went down with the nation he put himself on the same level as the nation from that place he was able to tell Hashem erase my name from your book if you don't forgive the nation etc right and since he forgave Moshe he was able to forgive all of us because Moshe was now on the same level as us etc somebody who's not really religious in my family um was uh she she essentially said something that woke me up because I began by saying that I, I got advice 
something along the lines of I got advice from one of my rabbis to mention Moshe Rabbeinu, that it's a mistake that he's not mentioned in the Haggadah. So she said, when Moshe said, erase my name from your book, what if he meant erase my name from, what, what if what Hashem did with that was erase his name from the Haggadah? I was wondering what you thought about that. I like that idea. I like that idea. <laughs> I do. I like that interpretation. Might be very interesting one. Probably even written by, by one of the righteous ones. It's a very logic explanation. It, it fits. It fits. It sounds like a real Hiddush. Second question. Cool. Um, second question is from the class. Uh, you mentioned that when we go down, or even with like a little thing regarding whether or not to drink a cup of coffee or uh, eating something that we shouldn't have eaten or whatever it might be. And for us, it might be a little thing, but for somebody else, they're really hitting the ground hard and how we really are connected to all souls. I can, I can imagine for a lot of people, and even for myself, when I thought about it, that's a very overwhelming uh, way to look at every little thing. I mean, yeah, I see how it can give you the ability to take responsibility and to make sure that you grow and that you rise. And when you rise, you're lifting souls up. But I just want to make sure... Uh, uh, like we're having the right mindset, I guess, that even if we do mess up a little bit, like to, for it to not be such an overwhelming. If a person is able not to mess up and not to fall and not to fail, he should do the best that he can. But if he already found himself in that place, there is nothing you can do. And definitely to chase and blame yourself for those mistakes won't prevent you from falling to that place again. It like it doesn't work that way. So we ideally need to do the best that we can not to fall and to realize that there is a great weight, great responsibility on our shoulders when we are, God forbid, falling. But if we did, and now you are there, there is only one way and that's supposed to be up. So it's always to uplift ourselves and to rise as much as we can. Thank you so much, dear okay. David. Thank you, everyone, for joining Thank us you. for these Wait, wonderful questions rough. and answers on Sunday night. And may Hashem bless you all with great Amen. salvations and all the answers to all your questions. Always, Bezat Hashem, meet us tomorrow. Hilary, what time? Tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday. Same time tomorrow, Wednesday. And then starting next week, today's class will be at 4 p.m. New York time and all the other days, 3 p.m. Okay, so from now on, Sundays, 4 p.m. New York time, um, 11 p.m. Israel time, and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on 4 p.m., right, right? No, 3 p.m. And in Israel, 10 p.m. One day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be okay as well. I'm going to join you in your successful path. And may Hashem bring us all safely to a safe and beautiful shore and with great salvations. Bezat Hashem for us and for all our loved ones. Amen. Thank you. Rav, before you leave.
it's it was my Hebrew birthday yesterday oh, over Shabbat. Congratulations, and, David. Everyone.